0: What is up people? So glad that everybody's here at Second Chance today. If you're watching online, if you're catching up on YouTube or your podcast or no matter like thank you for being here. We have people join us from all over the world. So if if Logan and, Jer- Logan and Jeremy are international today. Logan, I, so hello Logan, wherever do you know where she is today? Rome. So Logan, if you're watching in Rome Thank you for joining in. I, how many of you in the room, just real, just real curious, how many of you ever done international travel? You've traveled outside the United States. Okay, that's everybody. Um, I don't know if you've traveled internationally, but I learned this a couple years ago. Um, actually, I learned this on my first trip. Uh, my first international trip was to Mexico, so stick with me here. Um, when you go to an international country, um, I didn't know this until I went to another country, not everybody speaks English. And I you know, I just thought they did. I just thought they thought in English and processed in English. And and so I remember the first time speaking to somebody who didn't understand English. And and I spoke to them and I asked ask them a question and their response back to me was no inglés. And so as an illiterate American, um what was my next response to them? I just what what did I do? Does anybody want to help me out here? I just I spoke louder. Yes, exactly. Because, because in my mind, oh, you don't understand it. It's just because I didn't yell at you. And if I yell at you in English, you will understand it. And I discovered a concept that even if somebody doesn't understand you, even if you yell at them, they don't. And so I had to learn some basic you know, words to kind of navigate around. But when I thought about that, I thought about that, that's the way it is. Um, today, uh, in the world of Christianity, because whether we like it or not, we are living in a post Christian society. Um, the world is really different than it was 30 and 40 years ago. And by the way, I'm not freaked out by that. In fact, I think it's good for Christianity because it's really causing us to examine the roots and what we believe and why we believe it. However, I think one of the reasons that people are walking away from the church in droves, and I'm not going to bore you with statistics and statistical information, it's just people are walking away from church, people are saying they don't believe in the Bible, people are saying they're having a hard time with certain things, and people aren't walking away from the church because they don't believe in God or they don't believe in Jesus. They're walking away from the church because the church still speaks a language that they spoke 30 and 40 years ago, and that was the language of condemnation. If you remember 34 years ago, the years of the moral majority and um, where people kind of took the high moral platform, people spoke what I call Christianese. And condemnation has always been a language that the church has used to control people with. If you remember um, in the 80s, for those of you that were around or can remember the 80s, when the AIDS virus came out, church leaders used that as a tool of condemnation to attack people that were gay. Many of you remember that. If you're watching and you were around during that time, you remember that. Or or if you remember back in 2004 um, when the tsunami hit Thailand, you remember that? And, And what a devastation that was. And I remember watching that devastation and then being mortified as really popular Christian leaders began to say that was God's judgment on a Buddhist country. And I'm like, how do you get there? Then what about the hurricanes that hit America? Is that God's judgment on us, right? And, 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 let's just, let's, let's just kind of get this out of the way. Every time there's a school shooting, which absolutely is horrible and breaks my heart, there's some idiot that comes on television and says, well, we took God out of the schools, what do we expect? First of all, we didn't take him out of the schools. He's still there. But we use that language of of condemnation and it it just doesn't work. Now, that's condemnation on a macro level. Let's talk about it on a micro level because it's not just the condemnation that's been experienced out there. Some people watching today online, some people maybe in this room, The reason that you're really considering or maybe you've walked away from faith has nothing to do with how you feel about God or Jesus. It has everything to do with his people because it's not that you doubt God exists. It's how the church treated your divorced mother or your gay brother. Maybe you've you've personally felt condemned by the church by the people in church. And if that's you, let me just say two things really quick. Number one, I'm sorry. And the reason I can say I'm sorry is because for years, I was a part of the crowd that really did condemn people that I thought weren't as good as me. And number two, I understand. We've all got a wounded church story. We've all been hurt, but I I want you just because you've been wounded, doesn't mean you're worthless. You still have value in the sight of God. You still have value to the kingdom. And today I want to walk you through this passage of Scripture. You have a Bible. We're going to be in Romans chapter 1. And and if you don't get anything I say today, if you don't get anything I say, if if you only walk away with one big idea, I want to talk to you about this. Let me kind of forward this a little bit. That kindness is greater than condemnation That kindness is greater than condemnation if there's anything that's going to be in the dna of second chance church for the rest of our history it's going to be the idea that when it comes to talking to people no matter who they are no matter what their background is no matter what they're currently living out in life I really do believe to the core of my being that kindness is greater than condemnation. Now, I understand that some people might go, that's soft. And I understand that because I used to think that too. But I want you to stick with me here because we're going to look at a passage of Scripture in Romans. Now, let me kind of set this up so you'll know where I'm going. If you've ever written a letter to somebody, and most of us don't do that anymore, so let's just say email. You don't let's say you're writing an email to Cindy. You don't go, the book of Cindy, chapter one, verse one. Hi, Cindy, verse two. How are you? Verse three. L O L. Verse, like we don't we don't do that, right? We just write letters or emails, and it's a continual thought process. That's the way that many of the New Testament letters were written. It was a continual thought process. Paul who wrote the book of Romans that we're going to read through today, didn't go Romans chapter 1, verse 1. In in fact, I think chapters were added in the 11th century, verses were added in the 14th century, just to help us locate. But originally, the book of Romans was written as a continual thought process and like a whole letter. So the end of chapter 1, I used to read through Romans. I would get to the end of chapter 1 and think, well, it's just done, Right. And then chapter two is a brand new thought, brand new day, brand new whatever. But Romans one and Romans two flow together. And the reason that's so important is because (laughs) as we're gonna see in a little while, it takes away the moral high ground from a lot of people who think they have it. Stick with me. Here we go. Paul says this in Romans chapter one. This is really interesting. But Romans chapter one, verse 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now I want to pause real quick and just say this. Ever since I was like five or six years old, I've been, in, I've been in a church environment that seemed to be really excited about the fact that some people are going to hell, going to go to hell and be punished for the rest of their like eternity. And I'm just going to go and tell you. I'm just going to go and tell you this, and we're going to keep moving. People that are excited about other people receiving eternal punishment are nothing like Jesus, period. Well, that's my, that's my mama. Well, mama needs to get saved. All right, here we go. Verse 19, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Now I want to pause real quick. Once again, the reason that people are walking away from the church and even doubting the scriptures has nothing to do with them not believing in God. In fact, I would argue that the more science and research that we develop points to the fact that there's a creator of this whole earth and world. In fact, like how can you look at this and not believe that there is a God, right? How can we look at pictures like this and not believe that there is a God? How can we look at the billions of stars in the galaxy and not believe that there is a God? I mean, nobody watching here today would think that we could go to Toys are Us, right. well, bad illustration, they're gone. Nobody would think that we could go to like Amazon and order a 500-piece Lego set and look at the box and take all the Legos, throw them in the dryer, cut the dryer on and say, you know what, in about 4 million years, all those Legos will come together. And if we wouldn't believe that about a 500-piece Lego set, why would we believe that about things as complex as the world? I mean, there is obvious obvious proof that God created this world that we live in. But nobody's doubting that. Nobody's doubting God. It's the people of God that most people have a problem with. Scripture goes on to say this. Scripture goes on to say this. Paul said, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. I want to pause real quick and just say this. When we start to drift from God, oftentimes it's because we've stopped thanking him and started getting bitter at him for something we feel entitled to. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and this is just something I practice every day, just find one thing to thank him for. I don't have anything to thank for. Well, if you're talking, thank him that you can talk, because there are some people that can't talk. Can you hear? Can you see? Can you smell? Can you taste? Can you walk? Did you sleep indoors last night? Do you have some food in your refrigerator? There's a lot of things we can thank God for that we kind of take for granted. So, so that was just a mini sermon. It didn't cost anybody anything. Here we go. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds, the, keep talking about these people, their, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever living God, they worshiped idols, made to look like mere people, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. Isn't that weird? Because worship worship is real simple. Worship is where we put our time, our energy, and our money. So wherever we put our time, and our energy, and our money, that's what or who we worship. Can you believe at one time there was a society 2,000 years ago that Paul wrote about that worshiped images, okay, of birds and animals and reptiles? I cannot believe that there would have been a society that worshiped images of birds and animals and reptiles. I'm just saying, Bert, it, as much as things have changed in the past, I know this kind of stepped on some toes real quick, right? But there are some people. Do you know there are people that used to get. Anyway, anyway, this is another message for another time. Here we go. Let's keep going. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desire. These wicked people. Talking about these wicked people. This is what the church does. We, we, we talk about wicked people. We're good, they're bad. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Uh-oh, you got a kid, cover their ears. Here we go. I'm just reading scripture. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, which we all have a tendency to do that, right? Who was worthy of eternal praise, amen. Paul's preaching so good right there, he just amened himself. Here we go. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Now, typically, this is the text in the New Testament that the church has used as a baseball bat to absolutely pulverize people that are gay. But that's not the point that we're making today. In fact, Paul doesn't just talk about sexual sin in this text. He goes on to say this, okay? He says, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God... He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Pause. Can you find yourself on that list? Because there are some people when we read through the sexual sin, we're like, well, I'm not gay, and I'm, in, I'm married, and it's all. But, but, but let's, let's just pause and see if you can find yourself in this list. Um, wickedness, I mean, we wouldn't really call ourselves wicked. It was, it's just something we're struggling with. Sin, such a need, just a bad, greed. Have you ever been greedy? You ever been greedy? I was talking to a guy recently, took his granddaughter out to McDonald's. And he said, I didn't order a lot of food because I thought I'll just eat her food. And she got a happy meal with some chicken nuggets and some fries. And he said he reached over to grab her fries. And the three-year-old was like, these are my fries. And I was like, that's a good girl right there. I'm the same way. You want fries? Get your own freaking fries, all right? Hate. Envy. Have you ever been envious of someone? Ever? I I struggle with this. I struggle with envy. You look at some people and they're like, oh my gosh. This is... This is how you know, um, I've seen women are envious of other women, men are envious of other men, it happens. I've seen some ladies look at other ladies going, she, she shouldn't wear that. And it's not that she shouldn't, it's that you couldn't. Anyway, there's a whole other message for another time. Here we go. Full of envy. Murder? Hadn't done that yet. Quarreling? Deception? Anybody guilty of deception? Let's talk about the weight on your driver's license. Huh? Okay, Let's just keep going. Malicious behavior and gossip. Facebook. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. That's, that's, a, that's a good one right there to show your kids or your teenager. Now, right here, this list we can all admit this is not a list of somewhat like, if you're single, this isn't a list of somebody you want to marry. If you're hiring, this isn't, okay, I'm, I want to hire somebody that's full of sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, and deception. This is not a good list. And, and Paul keeps on going. He says, they refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's just re- justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Snap. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. It's okay, come on, you won't get caught just this one time. And this is the end of Romans chapter one. And typically at this point, we would just kind of close our Bibles and the next day maybe open them up and read Romans chapter two. But remember Paul is in a continual rhythm and he did not change subjects at Romans chapter two. So in Romans chapter 1, he's just, I mean, he's got them, those people. They're sexually immoral. They're doing stuff they shouldn't do. They're lying, they're cheating, they're greed, they're worshiping idols, they're envious. And Paul's writing, don't miss this, to the he's writing to the church in Rome. So the book of Romans is to church people. And it's really important because after Paul says all this stuff about those evil people out there, Paul says this, you may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad. Anytime I heard Romans 1, preached about, I never heard Romans, t- n- they didn't cover Romans 2. He's telling people in the church, you may think those people are bad, but you're just as bad. And you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked, and we've talked about that, whoever the they are in your life, who are, whoever the they are that you can't stand, when you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself for for who for you who judge others do these very same things. Paul is basically saying, hey, the people inside the church are just as jacked up as the people not in the church. And those relationships don't come together through the people in the church doing the same stuff, condemning the people who aren't in church, simply because they're not in church. It's, it's kinda like this morning, I woke up and, and it's uh, the, one of the first things you do within the first five minutes of waking up, what's one of the first things you do every single morning? You look in the mirror, right? And you look in the mirror because there's been obvious damage from the night before. Like I woke up this morning and I almost took a picture, but you, it was just bad. Y'all would think I'm drinking again, but I'm not because my hair was just like everywhere. And it's like coming down through here. And so when we look in the mirror, nobody goes, huh, somebody should do something about that and walk away. No, 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 no. You, you, you stare in the mirror. In fact, I didn't know this till a few years ago. There are mirrors that actually magnify and show all the stuff and then you look and there's lights and some of the ladies, you do makeup and all this other stuff and you fix, like, you're like, I'm going to fix this before I go out there, right? And you spend time looking in the mirror. Well, the Bible, there's a guy by the name of James and James is the brother of Jesus and he wrote a letter Um, To the church and he said this in the book of James chapter 1. I love this He said for if you listen to the word and don't obey it. It's like glancing at your face in a mirror You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like now. That would be stupid. That'd be Look in the mirror going. Hey, that's weird. I got snot running down my nose My my hair's all somebody should do something about that and you just walk out of the room but but what James is saying here." is the Bible is essentially like a mirror. And when we begin to look into Scripture, when we begin to examine spiritual things, it should be, God, what are you wanting to say to me out of this passage? But unfortunately, what has happened in the church is instead of lo- using the Bible, Bible as a mirror, we've used it as a window, And instead of looking at ourselves in the mirror, we use the Bible as a window to look through to judge other people. And Paul is saying in the book of Romans, knock it off. You're just as bad. You don't have a right to judge other people. That's steep. But he doesn't let up. He keeps going. He said, and we know that God is, in his justice, will punish anyone who does such things. Pause. Pause. Now, the first time we read that, that God punishes evil people, I know a lot of Christians that get really excited, but Paul's just addressed the church, and by he's like, oh, by the way, God's gonna punish. God will handle that too. Not as much amending at this point in the church in Rome. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment? When you do such things. Isn't that a great question? It, if you're gonna judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment for doing other things? You know, Carly and Zach, they're on staff at um and they don't have any, they don't have any kids. They just got married. How, wait, what, April what? April 14th. That was that was fun. It, April. That was so long. You I don't have any kids, but they have a dog named Tucker. Tucker's kind of like the office dog. Carly brings him to work and put a bandana on him the other day, but the interesting conversation broke out the other day about Tucker, because Carly's having a hard time figuring out what she's gonna dress him like for Halloween. Because I didn't, apparently dressing your dog for Halloween is a thing now. They got dog costumes at, at Target. And we had several options for Tucker. We thought about a ghost, like just cutting a sh- like holes and But that might freak him out um, because we're not really sure what he's kind of dealing with in his past. Um, We thought you you said maybe a Hershey's Kiss, like wrap him in aluminum foil and just stick him out there. Um, Right now, maybe it's Dobby from Harry Potter, right? Dobby maybe dressing him as Dobby. We're not sure. But Halloween's real, real interesting time of year. And I used to love Halloween. I can remember my favorite costume ever. I dressed up like Darth Vader one time. It was awesome. I had like a cape and a mask and I could do the, the breathing thing. And, um, but it's all about, it's all about the candy. But how many of you can remember dressing up as a kid for Halloween? Okay, yeah, most people, most people, okay. We all dressed up for Halloween. And that was very, very, very common. But I started thinking this week, um, in fact, thinking about Tucker, like started this whole line of thinking. Um, Halloween isn't, we celebrate Halloween on October 31st, but actually Halloween is celebrated 52 times a year. It's Sunday. It's when a lot of people put on their mask and they go to church and they pretend to be somebody else. So hopefully they get a treat from God. And and I understand. The reason people won't take off their mask. There's a few reasons. Number, number one is prod. Number two is they've seen what's happened to other people that took off their mask. Instead of getting brought in, they got kicked out. And so church, churches all over America celebrate Halloween 52 times a year. That shouldn't be the case. Because church should be a place where you can come as you are. And you don't have to dress up. You don't have to pretend. You can just step. And listen, Jesus changes people in his time, not ours. And what most churches refer to as discipleship is nothing more than control and manipulation. Let's keep going. Paul says this, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Paul right here is saying the reason you even gave your life to... Listen, God didn't show up one night in your bedroom and yell at you until you finally said, fine, enough! How incredibly kind has God been to you? I was reminded of this one night when I went to Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel is the restaurant I love and I hate. Because they always put you near the wall and there's like farm equipment that could fall on you at any time and, ki- and murder you. And, and let's be honest, that stupid triangle game that you start playing it. And I'm always like, one time I left eight and I'm like, I'm an, I'm an ignoramus. And and so, but we play that triangle game. That's the only time we play it. And I know there's a system. I know there's a system. I only get one, but I always, I've only done that like one time. Anyway, so I'm at Cracker Barrel one night and I'm just trying to enjoy my life and get one of those baked apple dumplings because those things are amazing. But behind me, there's a mom and and I guess she was like a, a single mom cuz no no rings on any of her hand, right? She comes in and she's got two kids. One looked about 4 years old and one looked 2 and they were sh- these these children were demons from the pit of hell because they were screaming from the time they came in and i was like i, I don't know if you ever been to a restaurant you're like don't sit near me don't sit near me don't sit there. right behind me right behind me and the kids screaming i want a pumpkin and i'm like i'm i'm about to give him a pumpkin. anyway so i'm i'm trying to compose myself and play my little triangle game and the kid and a couple of times they bumped my chair and I, I i started about thinking about asking to move i was so I don't know if you've ever been near that family in the restaurant. By the way, if you've never been near that family, you are that family. So just wait for it because it's coming. So I'm sitting there and I'm kind of losing my mind and, and I'm getting ready to leave. And God spoke to my heart and he said, pay for their meal. I was like, I ain't, I, ain't pay, I, don't, I ain't paying for their meal. You pay for their meal if you want their meal paid for. And he goes, I'm going to through you pay for their meal. I was like, well, that'll be kind of cool. I can kind of pay for their meal and kind of turn around, talk to them, maybe share Jesus. This would be a great story. God said, no, 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 you can't tell them. So I called the waitress over. I was like, you know, the, I wanna, the, the demons behind me, I want to get their meal. <laughs> I didn't say that. I thought it. I said, like, I want to get their meal. And so I, I paid for it. And um, as I was walking out, I saw the waitress walk up to this mom and tell her the meal was paid for. And she just started Weeping. And I just, you know, I kind of went home, I was feeling good about myself, and that night when I was laying in bed, God spoke to my heart, and he said, you know, you think that was about them, but that was about you. Because you were the kid at the table going crazy, and I paid for your sin, even though you didn't deserve it. And it was just a reminder that God's kindness is the reason that i'm breathing god's kindness is the reason that i'm living i didn't do anything to deserve his grace god in his kindness saved me and at the end of the day i'll go back to it over and over again kindness is greater than condemnation if you've got a friend or some friends that have walked away from God or walked away from church, I'm telling you, you're not going to get them back by yelling at them. Kindness is greater than condemnation. It's not the soft approach. It's our Savior's approach. It's the approach that he took with us, and it's the the approach that we should take when it comes to reaching the world. At the end of the day, and I heard somebody say this the other day, and I'm totally ripping it off from them, I want Second Chance Church to be full of people that love Jesus and full of people that love like Jesus. If you're watching today and you've never accepted Christ, and the reason you've never accepted Christ is because of the way you've been treated, or you just don't think you can, quote, do it, all you do is receive Christ, and he does the rest in his time. So with that in mind, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this incredible reminder today that it's your kindness, it's your kindness, God, that leads us to repentance. It's not us and them, we're all in the same boat. And so, Father, I pray for our hearts, God, if, that, that if we're angry or bitter towards a person or a group of people, that we would... Respond to them the same way that you've responded to us. And Jesus, I pray right now, if there's someone watching that's never prayed to receive you for whatever reason, God, that they would understand, Jesus, right now, today, at this moment, salvation is theirs if they'll simply ask you into their lives. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're watching today and you've never prayed to receive Christ, I want to invite you to accept him into your life. I want to invite you, listen, his kindness, is salvation is free, and over in his time, he will change you from who you are to who you need to be. So if you want to pray to receive Christ, then right where you sit, you can just pray, Jesus, I am yours. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave. To pay for my sins, and right now, I receive that payment into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you pray, well, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you pray that prayer, if you don't mind hitting the hand raise button on the Second Chance website, if you just do the hand raise, or if you're on Facebook, if you'll just do the hand raise emoji, um. We want to celebrate with you, or you can email us at prayer at perrynoble.com. Prayer at perrynoble.com. We'll celebrate that with you. Father, thank you so much that you are changing lives, that you in your kindness have been good to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. This is going to be a fun series. Next week, the topic, is, in fact, the title of the message is called Frenemies. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a friend and an enemy in the same person. We probably all have. If you've ever been through middle school, you have um, frenemies. It's going to be a really, really, really interesting take. I did, though, want to give a building update because we crossed a major threshold this week, 20387489. And so um, people have been asking, when are we going to get in the building when that gets to 250? Um, (laughs) Hopefully. They're still doing construction. I think we got a... Is it a punch list? I think it's a punch list. we got to get approved um, within the next week or two. And then the fire marshal has to come in and tell us officially how many people we can have in there. And then we're getting some sound and light. So right now, as of right now, it's looking like December or January is when we're actually going to be able to physically meet at a campus We're super excited about it. For those of you that are giving, thank you so much. There's literally, I'm not going to call her name because I don't want to embarrass her, but there's literally one person that gives every single day, every single day to this fund. I'm assuming it's a she, I'm assuming she's a server or whatever. And so I know what she makes in tips tonight. She gives every single day to this fund. So you know who you are. Thank you very much. If you want to participate in giving, you can go to mysecondchancechurch.com. Uh, the give button's in the right-hand corner, or you can mail us a check right there. And we st- we get those every week. What, about 10 or 15 every week? About 10 or 15, 10, 15, 20, 10, 15. Anyway, so that's it. We'll see you next week for Christian Ease part two. I love you guys. The best is yet to come. Come